Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring The Michael McCoy Show. All right, all right, all right. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on where you're listening. Uh, you're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Glad to have you back with me. Hope everybody's week was grand. Hope everybody's weekend was okay, and hope everybody's staying safe. Uh, got a nice little show wrapped up for you guys this afternoon, or like I said, morning or evening, depending on where you're listening from. Thank you again for tuning in. Got a couple things to talk about. Had a couple things in mind that I really wanted to dig in, and I have a, a very interesting guest holding on the line that we're going to get to talk about. Oh, sorry, get to talk to. I'm pretty sure that uh, Kane's fans should know who he is, and if you're a UCLA, UCLA Bruin, you'll definitely know who he is, and if you follow the XFL, and you root for them or watch that league, you'll know who that is too. Um, ever wonder what happened to the XFL? I mean, the XFL has been in the news lately. Unfortunately, there was a stoppage of play uh, because of COVID back in March. But hey, just a couple of weeks ago, or was it just last week, it's been back in the news. Miami, University of Miami's very own Dwayne The Rock Johnson got the approval uh, to buy the to buy the XFL. He was part of a group that included um, himself and a group from, what is it, Red something. I'm pulling it up, Redbird Capital Partners. There we go. But um, we got Malcolm Bunch on the line. And like I said, if that name sounds familiar to everyone that's a camp fan, it should. Uh, Malcolm was around campus from 2010 to 2014, then ended up taking his talents over to the West Coast to finish out his eligibility with the UCLA Bruins, and he was recently part of the D.C. Defenders of the XFL. Mark Malk, how you been, man? I'm good, Mr. McCoy. How you doing? Can't complain. Can't complain. I'm glad to hear your voice. Been a while since we've seen each other. How you been? How you been? How's everything at home? How's the family? Man, all is well, man. Just like you said, you know, staying safe. Families um, staying safe, you know, so just using wisdom, you know, around these, this season. I hear you, man. This this pandemic that's going around has changed so much. Um, the way of living that we've been used to, you know, we can't be used to that anymore. And we're going to have to start picking up new habits. And it has people like me kind of paranoid. I don't even know about going back to uh, watching a game or tailgating if we're going to have a season. Just last <laughs> week, it sounded like everything was going to be okay. And I'm looking at my Twitter feed right now, and everybody's kind of getting cold feet. All these meetings uh you know we we may have a pushback of this college football season who knows man um thank you very much for joining i really do appreciate it because i know you're busy so um i just want to get right to it man because uh you were part of the xfl and you know like i said earlier uh or still are part of the xfl like i said earlier they had a stoppage of play because of covid and that had to be you know a super inconvenience for you guys how did how did that go over for you when everything started happening well it was you know it was kind of in the air you know because a lot of prior before um the xfl um discontinued their season a lot of there was a lot of stoppage in the other league so you know we were pretty much the last league to um stop play so we were as as the players you know we were talking about it you know it gave us time to you know, prepare as if, okay. you know, if there was a what if, you know, so um, we, had, we we were just continuing what we were doing. You know, we were training, working out, practicing, 
um, I believe that week we were about we had just beat um, the uh, the the St. Louis team, the Hawks. I, I can't forget their the team, but we 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 were just preparing for okay. the next week. So, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I mean that that caught everybody by surprise. I remember, you know, I was watching some college basketball, and all of a sudden there's some games that are about to go down. Schools are warming up, and all of a sudden they say, "Don't go out there." You watching yeah. the NBA a couple of days before that, you know, the the OKC was getting ready to play Utah, and then they stopped that. Everybody's told to go yeah. home. It was just, it was kind of scary. It was kind of like watching a movie, and um, you know, it just like I said, it all happened so fast. I think that's part of what was make it what made it so scary. But um. All right, uh, you know, thanks for your insight on that. I wanted to ask you, I mean, your thoughts about The Rock and his move to become part owner of the XFL. How does that, how, how does that uh, affect you all? Have you heard anything from the league in terms of, you know, uh, this trend, just, I guess, this business transaction of a former Hurricane becoming a part owner of the XFL? Yeah, well, obviously it's a good thing to see, you know, um, The Rock, who once was a, well, is a cane, you know, he played football. Um, he had his sights to play in the NFL, but, you know, it was derailed because of an injury. Right. But uh, it was good to hear, you know, him purchasing it. Um, <clears throat> so I feel I feel that this will um, be a good thing, you know, just for players who don't get picked up by the NFL. It's another opportunity to, uh, for one, play the game, and for two, right. to make some money. You know, and yeah. and I'm excited. You know, because of just because of his name, um, he's going to get a lot of uh, endorsements. He's going to get a lot. Of, he's going to get a lot of help. Yeah, I'll say that. And um, you know, I'm I'm just excited. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing. Everybody knows that there was a restart of the XFL this past uh, spring, and it went well. It was going well as compared to or when you compare that to the 2001 when they tried to do it for the very first time. That one kind of crashed and burned. How were – I don't know how much as a player, how much uh, interaction you have, but how did you feel that, you know, the league was run under McMahon? Because from the outside looking in, Vince McMahon looked like he was doing a pretty good job in running things. How did the players feel about him as a commissioner? It was, you know, honestly, we don't really, as players, we don't really get to communicate with, you know, the, those type of people. Okay. Um, you know, as far as the owner and things like that. But um, the um, Oliver Luck, he came to one of our games. I was with the D.C. Defenders. Right. And, um, you know, our stadium, you know, a lot of home games, man, our stadium was hype. So, um, but, but, you know, as far as your question, it was, you know, we really didn't talk to McMahon. Um, okay. We were pretty much focused on, you know, each game, you know, prep work, you know, training. And, you know, if we weren't talking to one another, you know, we were talking to our coaches, right? you know, or our head coach, you know, and even sometimes the GM, you know, if he came in to meet with us to share some insight of the league or just keep us abreast of what was going on, you know, that was pretty much as high as we would go. But, um, it, it, I mean, it's kind of weird, you know, to hear that our commissioner, you know, is pretty much like a, a wrestling WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, it's it's kind of weird. But, you know, once again, you know, we were just playing football, man. We were just playing football. And, you know, it, it was fun. The league was fun. That's good to hear. I mean, it looked fun. And then the thing about it, I think it was perfect timing because it it it, it – 
was on air or televised right after the Super Bowl. So people that are football junkies like myself, um, you know, and you're jonesing and you're missing for some football. The college football's gone. There's nothing going on until April because you got the draft in April. I mean, if people like watching the combine, you got that. But it was a, it was a quality league. I mean, I was looking at the roster and some names. Uh, they definitely stood out on your team. You had Scooby Wright, that that tight end, not tight end, but that linebacker from Arizona. He was a player uh, in right. college. I remember him, and you know right. some other notable names. Uh, we're talking to Malcolm Bunch, uh, left tackle. Well, actually, you were playing the right tackle, right? I was right tackle. Yeah, I was right, right tackle. tackle. There you go, right tackle for the DC Defenders. Uh, spent 2010 to 2014 with the University of Miami Hurricanes under Al Golden, and then used his last year of eligibility to transfer out to UCLA on the West Coast, spent some time with Philly in the NFL, and his most recent stop, like I said, is in the XFL with the D.C. Defenders. So we're talking to him about his, experience, about his experiences there. Um, let me ask you, Malk, uh, you know, we are hearing about the NFL starting back up, and, you know, training camp has actually already started. Has the league, especially with, you know, new ownership or your team, kept you up with you know any type of plans or what's going on for next spring well as of right now you know it's it's hard for teams to bring in players to you know scout them um or work them out because of the COVID-19 but um it's it's just at this point as a player it's just you know staying in shape okay you know uh, physically and cardiovascular um, shape and um, <clears throat> excuse me and just you know keeping my ears open you know yeah. for, for anything um, just saying you know I have you know my kids they keep me busy so <laughs> you know I, I have no excuses over here <laughs> yeah, man. yeah man I know they keep you on your toes you were just telling me I mean we're down here in Miami and it is scorching outside so anything that you do outdoor that that, that in and of itself is a workout Oh, yeah. Even stepping outside the front door, I start sweating. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. Uh, let me ask you a question. If you did, in fact, get a call from the defenders or the league about starting up on time, you know, next mm-hmm. f- February or March, uh, how comfortable are you playing with everything that's going on? I mean, you're seeing players opt out in the NFL and everything like that. How comfortable would you be or would you even take the opportunity? Well, it's it's always an opportunity. You know, it's I, I'm I'm very fortunate because a lot of people don't don't get to play at this level. Right. So you know, obviously, you know, I would con you know converse with my wife and you know, and just if I do take it, you know, it's just trusting in God mm-hmm. and even just just the daily work. You know, going out to go to work. You know, it's you 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 know you just you walk by faith. So right. you know, you just like I said before, you just use wisdom. You know, just um, follow directions, you know, follow protocol with whatever business that you're working with and just, you know, move forward. I hear you, man. I mean, we, we can football or not, you can get this going to the grocery store. If you're not Ooh, safe, yeah, if you're not following yeah. precautions, going to work, I hear that. What are exactly. your, how, how do you feel about guys that, um, you know, because there's a lot of Canes fans that have something to say about uh, perhaps Miami's best defender, uh, Greg Rousseau, opting out and I'm just like how can people have anything negative to say about it he 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 even said you know his mom's a nurse she's in the medical field you know they've seen some things and it's just it's just weird how anybody's 
you know, talking negatively about that. But how do you feel about the players that um that are opting out when others aren't? Because there's some higher profile names. I think Trevor Lawrence with with Clemson, he's still uh, he's going to stick it out. And, you know, guys like that have nothing to prove. So what do you feel about, you know, both examples? Well, it's a personal decision. Right. It kind of it kind of goes back to when they're, you know, making a decision on what college to go to. You know, this would be the college, you know, that they'll potentially be at for four years of their life. Yeah. So, you know, but like you said, you know, you have guys who don't need to play. You know, they're pretty much set for the next draft. And then you have guys that still need to prove themselves. So right. basically it's just a uh just just doing their due diligence. You know, just what what do they want to do? They have something to prove or do they not? You know, are yeah. they you know, do they have, you know, some I know some guys have young ones. Yeah. You know, in the household. So if they, you know, they're they're taking consideration of that. So it's just a, uh, just a, a decision, you know, a, a thought, thought out decision that they have to make. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you have to definitely, um, you know, include those close to you. Like you said, you will consult with your wife and everything like that. You know, you guys got kids, so that's absolutely important. And yeah, mm-hmm. no, I understand that. Um, I always wanted to ask you this, Mount, because uh, obviously you played on uh, two different collegiate football teams. You spent the majority of your time with one of them and then finished out your eligibility out West. Whenever a guy transfers, right, what do they consider themselves? Are are you – do you consider yourself like a Miami Hurricane or a Bruin because you finished out your career there and then uh, when you're in the league, it didn't say University of Miami. It'll say UCLA because that's the last school you attended. But at heart, are you a Cane or you a Bruin, Malcolm? Man, in my heart, I'm a Cane. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, man, I listen, I'm throwing up that you anywhere and everywhere I go. But, you know, obviously no disrespect to UCLA or my teammates or my no. coaches. You know, those, man, Coach Mora, you know, he was a heck of a coach. And, you know, I played a, a lot of those guys I played with at UCLA, man, they were great guys. Of course. So, you know, but once again, man, I'm a cane, man. I'm a cane at heart, man. And I'll never forget being on Green Tree. Man, sweating my behind off and running, <laughs> running, running, you know, running with with Coach Swayze, man. Yep. Man, I, I spent, man, that's that's I love Miami. Well, man, we 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 love to hear that. We love to hear, you know, anytime that somebody reps to you and anywhere they go, no matter how long it's been since they've, you know, suited up for the program, that they carry that that uh that pride with them because definitely as fans, we definitely try to do our part. And it's just magnified when somebody that, you know, played and represented and wore you on the side of their helmet feels the same way about the program. But um, we definitely appreciate, you know, your time here and everything like that. But uh, when are we going to get to work out again, man? I know this COVID thing is kind of crazy. And, you know, everybody has a schedule, man. Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, me and Mark have been in the gym a few times. This man is a good six, six, three hundred and I don't know, 20-something pounds and I thought I was strong. You know, this man got country strength. <laughs> we walked into the gym and we getting all kinds of eyes and stuff. And I'm like, yep, my gym partner's bigger than yours. My gym partner's better than yours. You better get out of the way. <laughs> we need to get back in together at the gym sometime soon, man. Yeah, well, that time will come, man. I'm, You know, I'm just like, I'm just home, man. Just working out of here. You know, I got my 11-year-old. He be pushing me sometimes, too. So. <laughs> okay. 
Well, Mal, man, um, thank you very much for your time. It was very much appreciated. You please stay safe. Keep your family safe. Keep your wife safe. Hashtag wear a mask and, and, and keep in shape, man, because that call is coming for sure. Oh, yeah, it's coming. All right, man. God bless. We'll talk later. All right, brother. Yes, sir. All right. Well, there you have it. If you ever were wondering about the XFL, there's some insight from a former player. Well, player, I should say, for the D.C. Defenders, Malcolm Bunch. Really good guy, man of faith, walks by faith. And with that, we'll be back with more on the Michael McCoy Show, Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. (sighs) Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I mean, really, it really apologist. comes down to I'm going to make an apologist image for you, bro, because it, everything that I say, you say, oh, but LeBron had to do this, and if he, if he had to jump over a car. Isn't LeBron the king? And again, LeBron jump over the Empire State Building? He probably could, but why probably, would he do but it? But why doesn't he jump over the Empire State Building to win a slam dunk contest? Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, everybody, thank you so much for sticking around with us through that last break. We're going to keep it football-related. We're going to change – I'm sorry, turn our attention over to pro football, keep it local, and talk about some Dolphins, especially uh, the highly touted Tua Tonga-Vailoa from Alabama. Everybody knows his story and how he got injured last year. That's the biggest thing going into camp. But what I'm thinking about is the guy that was at the helm last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and where – uh, things are with him mentally. And to help us with that, we're joined by Omar Kelly of the Sun Sentinel. Omar, thank you. How are you? Uh, it's a pleasure to join you. How are you doing? Not bad at all. Thank you very much for having me, especially it being 
uh, last minute notice. But Omar, obviously, you know, you cover the team, you know the ins and out almost better than everybody else. Can you kind of talk about, uh, I guess, the leadership role or how uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is taking things with the eventual, we don't know when, but at some point, Tua will have the reins of this offense. Yeah, I think this is a season where Tua is going to have the opportunity to learn from a veteran. He's not going to be rushed onto the field. Um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick finally has an opportunity to show that he what he can do as a full-season NFL starter uh, in an offense that he's comfortable and familiar with, with some decent weapons. Uh, if you really look what he's had throughout his career, even his best seasons in the New York Giants, uh, those teams were, were decimated by injuries. But you know, he did produce only one 10-win season during his NFL career. And the question is, can he turn the Dolphins into a winner? That has really been the issue that's held him back throughout his 16 seasons in the NFL. He's, he's only led one team to a winning season as a starter. Uh, I, right now, it, you, you asked about leadership, and I think that that's the most important question. Because if you look across the board, offense and defense, who is the leader of the Miami Dolphins? It would have to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the guy that everybody turns to. He's got seasoned experience he's got the best understanding of Chan Gailey's offense and 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 really he's he even admitted to Tua uh and to the media that you know he knows he's the placeholder and it'll this will eventually be Tua's team the question is how how soon can Tua you know elevate himself into that role and considering what this offseason's been like considering what Tua Tua's dealing with from a rehab standpoint I'm not certain that could be at least early this season, maybe in the second half of the season, but certainly not early. That's crazy that, I mean, he knows, I mean, it's a good thing because I guess I, I, like, like, you know, we're talking about leadership. It's good to know your role as a leader, because if you expect others to do and have their role and perform it, you know, as they should as professionals, then you definitely should know yours. And the fact that he admittedly said that he knows he's a placeholder. I don't know. I mean, He's a good quarterback. Everybody knows that he's, you know, bounced around from place to place, career to career. But that doesn't seem, I mean, from the outside looking in, I guess it doesn't seem to bug him at all. Well, I think when you've, I think he, I calculated it. And this year, based on his salary, he'll make $40 million in the NFL. And, you know, when you've made $40 million doing something that you love uh, and, and you really don't have any plans on retiring, it's, you know, who, who complains about that? And, right. and it, think about it from this standpoint. Even if he, because he, he really likes playing and he likes continuing to play, um, even if Tua does become the starter, who, who would be a better, you know, who would be a better mentor for him than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Very true. Uh, I, I, especially in this offense. I know Fitzpatrick has told me personally that he doesn't want to get into coaching. Um, but I, I think that that's his destiny, and I've, I've never been wrong about that in terms of players that I've covered. Um, they all might say that they don't want to coach, but, you know, the, the ones that I can pinpoint that are destined to be coaches eventually do become coaches. And, right. and I think that he will, even though he says he wants to spend, the, the, you know, his retirement years sort of investing in his wife's desires and dreams, and, and I could admire that. Um, especially after she's made sacrifice after sacrifice for his, for, for his career. Right. Uh, but he is the leader of this team. He is the person, the individual in this world who knows Changeli's offense the best. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together and if it all comes together. Okay, good point, good point. Let me throw a hypothetical at you because I think that you are probably more prepared to 
to answer this type of question than, than most others. Normally, when you have a highly touted quarterback that the fans want to see, and everybody knows that the most popular guy on the team is the backup quarterback. So, Absolutely. Right. Is it going to take an epic – which one is it? Will it take an epic failure by Fitz, which I don't think it's going to happen, for Tua to see the field? Will it take doctors saying, okay, he's really, 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 really ready for him to go? Will it take a one loss or two loss? What will it take for – the Dolphins say, you know what? It's two a time. I can tell you the exact situation. I think you're going to have to start the season with Fitz as the starter. If he starts to take on a couple of losses, probably three in a row, um, then you're going to see that window of opportunity open for Fitz for, for two attack with Valoa, and he's got to show in practice that he's ready for it. Right. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking for every opportunity and possibility to put him in there into the starting lineup. And Fitz knows that all it takes is a couple of losses. Now, Fitz has this habit of starting out seasons well and then sort of fizzling at the end. Uh, last season, obviously, is an exception to that. Um, it, 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 what, what to me, you know, yes, he's a limited quarterback, especially from an arm strength standpoint. Uh, I think even when he, early in the season, when Josh Rosen took over as a starter, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Fitz's arms start to wear down and then it starts to wear down at the end of the season. Yeah. When you're 38 years old, those things happen. And I think that they can very well happen again. And when they do happen again, I think, I think that the, the window of opportunity is going to be open. But I say this with, I want everybody in Dolphins land and in South Florida to understand my position on Tua Tagovailoa. He's, in my mind, the ideal starter for the Dolphins for the next two decades, wow. starting till he's 40 with wow. in, in the Drew Brees realm of things. Because right. at this point, with the way quarterbacks are playing and the way they're protected, they can play into their 40s. The last thing I want to do is rush him onto the field without his hip 100% fully healed, not 90, not 92 Right. But 100% fully healed because I don't want to chance some 300-pound defensive lineman falling on him the wrong way and then the injury re-injures and then we're looking at another season loss and then we're looking at possible blood flow issues that could lead to early retirement or, right. or impact his career negatively in a, in a negative way. Like, let's take our time. He, this is an instant oatmeal that we're trying to make here. Let's take our time with Tua. Let's bring him along slowly. Let's make sure he completely heals. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, if the doctors say he's fine, he's fine. Uh, no, that's not the reality. I've covered the NFL for 11 seasons, and, and here's the fact that I know. Athletes always, and that's a capital A, always lie about their injuries, telling you that they're ready when they're not, right. trying to come back too soon, uh, trying to help their teammates, pushing themselves. And the reality is they're never, ever ready. And even though they say they're ready or they're 100%, you get a lot of Albert Wilson situations where yeah. the player go, gets on the field and doesn't look like a shell of himself. I was – thanks for talking about that because you kind of segued it perfectly from my next question. I was going to ask you, um, is – I mean, if we're speaking truthfully, how healthy is Tua? Obviously, like you said, doctors are going to say he's fine. Players are going to say he's fine. But let's say he had to start. I mean, uh, would he would he look like himself, like the tour from Alabama that we're used to seeing? I mean, because he looks good in the videos, and I know they're just that. They're just, you know, training videos. <laughs> Promotional videos, yes, correct. <laughs> 
But um, okay, okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the opt-outs because uh, Wilson became the second Dolphins. Well, well, this was actually four days ago. Um, Albert Wilson, you know, opted out. He was at the time the second wide receiver to opt out. How is that going to affect things with the opt-outs and, you know, the goals that this team has for this season? Well, what it did was him and Alan Hearns dropping out this season or opting out because of COVID. It really stripped the team of the veteran leadership that they had in the receiver room. And right now, and it also took away the, the top two guys who were projected to be the starting slot receivers. Right, um, right now, it, it probably forces you to shuffle the unit a little bit. I'm starting to think and hear about Preston Williams moving inside to the slot. I think it's a, a natural progression for him, even though he's massive in terms of size. Um, I think he can play the Brandon Marshall slot role that Brandon Marshall played with the New York Jets. People actually take a look at what Brandon Marshall did in Chan Gailey's offense. He was just pretty much a big slot running option routes. And I think that that's where Fitz is really comfortable. Um, but also guys like Gary Jennings, is going to have a chance to step up. They just Dolphins just signed two players, uh, Ricardo Lewis, uh, who, who basically was, was on the team earlier, and then a, another gentleman, last name of Rogers, who was a, a starter for the Indianapolis Colts. I can't remember what his first name is right now. Um, but it, it, right now you're just adding camp bodies and guys. You really need 10 receivers to even just make it to the training camp before you, you, you pair the, the roster down to five receivers. But they, okay. they need to find a starting slot receiver. And then somebody has to step up and be the leader of the unit. Somebody has right. to step up and be the guy that everybody follows. Obviously, the logical choice is Devontae Parker. He, you know, this is his sixth season in the NFL. He's got a ton of experience. Right. He had that breakout season last year. But Devontae's quiet by nature. He's just quiet and introvert by nature. And those don't exactly make the greatest leaders. Um, so somebody <laughs> has to be that vocal leader. Um, that sort of rallies the troops and gets everybody focused and driven. Got it, got it. We're joined by Omar Kelly here on Slam Radio Channel 145, Sirius XM. Um, thank you very much, Omar, from the Sun Sentinel. Uh, just last question before I let you go. The Dolphins, we're flipping to the defense really quick. The Dolphins made several moves in the offseason, uh, acquiring, you know, big names defensively. Where do you think the biggest upgrade is for the Dolphins on that side of the ball? It's got to start with the defensive ends. Uh, Shaq Lawson and Manuel Ogba, two guys that, that really, they're, they're reliable pa pass rushers in terms of guys who are situational players who delivered four, four and a half sacks throughout their career. But more, more importantly, they're respected edge setters. They're respected guys against the run. And if you really look at the Dolphins and you understand defense, that's where the Dolphins struggled last season. They could not set an edge if their life depended on it. I mean, they had Vince Beagle, a linebacker, serving as a starting edge setter. And, and you know, and then uh, they had a, a, another player, I can't even remember his name now, um, Moss, um, who, who basically, who, 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 who why, why don't I remember his name? Uh, <laughs> it happens to uh, he, he, was, he was released. Um, but their edges were horrible. I mean, if you go from Taco Charlton to Charles Harris to, to you know, the, the Vince Beagle, nobody could set the edge. Now you just added two players who are respected, reliable edge setters, and that will take some of the pressure off the defensive tackles. It'll take some of the pressure off, you know, the fact that the edge set can take some of the pressure off defensive tackles. Maybe they can do a better job, and that'll take some of the pressure off the linebackers. Linebackers right. play better, take some of the pressure off the, off, off the, uh, off, off the safety. So 
overall, I think that's the biggest addition, the biggest improvement that the Dolphins made um, outside of the offensive line. Okay, okay. Well, there you have it uh, in terms of, um, you know, Dolphins news and everybody, whether you're Dolphins fans or not, Dol- Dolphin fan or not, big-time college football fan, everybody wanted to talk about, um, sorry, hear about the health and whereabouts of Tua Tonga Vailoa. Omar, thank you very much again. I know this was super last minute, but I it's appreciate you good, making brother. yourself available. No problem, my man, anytime. All right, well, you stay safe and um, hashtag wear a mask, okay? All right, thank you. No problem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it there from the man himself, Omar Kelly of the Sun Sentinel. We'll be right back here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 145. Keep it locked for the Michael McCoy Show. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and I figured let's talk some more football because there's a lot of football in the news. Past couple weeks, obviously, NFL training camp started, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady, Super Bowl defending champs, Pat Mahomes. There's a lot to get into. So what I like to do when talking sports, why not talk to people that have been there, done that, right? So um, I have former University of Miami safety, LaVon Ponder, on the line with us. He's, he's going to help us get into some ins and outs about the season, about the upcoming season. 
couple of things to expect, and um, we'll take it from there. LeVon, how you doing, man? How you been? I've been good, man. Just, uh, you know, living the Texas life, just, uh, you know, having fun. I hear you. I hear you. What took you to Texas? I know that you were uh, born and raised out here in Miami. Why Texas? Uh, it was just slow, slow-paced life, just, you know, better living, you know, right, place to raise a family at. I hear you, man. No, that amen to that. Good, good, good answer. No, no, not, nothing else to explain other than that. You bring up the family. That's all that needs to, that's really all you need to worry about. So, um, all right, man, let's get into it because, and first of all, thanks for coming on. I really, really appreciate it because uh, I reached oh, no out problem. to you last minute and it was like nothing going on on your part. I really, really appreciate your availability. Um, so let's see, man. I got a couple questions I wanted to ask you. We're going to talk some NFL football, LeVon Ponder, and straight off the bat, man, give me, give me LeVon's preseason favorites, maybe the top three or four teams in each conference, and just tell me why you feel those teams are going to make some noise in LeVon Ponder's eyes. Uh, top four teams for me in the AFC is Kansas, not in any particular order, but Kansas City, New England, Baltimore, and my last one is going to probably be a surprise to people, but the Bills. The Bills? Uh, okay, okay. Bills. Uh, the reason I like the Bills is because they the solid defense and with the development of the quarterback. And it's, it's just been, you know, you know, been one of those uh, teams that uh, uh, got over the hump last year getting into the playoffs. Right. And just, you know, can take it. Take it a, uh, you know, take it that extra step. Baltimore, of course, you know they they have, have the all world Lamar Jackson, right? And they have a defense that they reloaded with, you know, getting Clay's Campbell. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I picked Baltimore. Then in New England, you, it's New England. You got now you got <laughs> Cam over there with, with Bill Belichick's defense and Cam Newton. It's 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 just one of those you can't just turn the page on. Right. And then Casey, of course, the, the defending Super Bowl champs, Pat Mahomes, Mr. $500 million man. Jesus, um, you, you got, you got uh, Tariq Hill, who just, you just seen his, just ran the 40 against uh, McCole Hardiman and yeah. just beat him by <laughs> almost. And that, <laughs> you, you just, when you got that, and then they got defense who just, you know, it's been solid defense. And then they signed, uh, the defense are in again to a to a big contract. So it's Kansas City has all the tools to get back there. They do. You know, they do. In the AL, in the NFC, in the NFC, I have San Francisco. They are loaded again. Yep. I got Seattle, which just traded for Jamal Adams. You know, oh uh, New Orleans, which just uh, they just just a team you can't overlook they're always solid they always you know if if it's Drew Brees having not having a good year they're having a big running year right they're not having a big running year Drew Brees having a big year and then my last team is of course my hometown team right now Dallas Cowboys okay 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 um man let me tell you something I'm, I'm a Niner fan and I'm glad you brought up Seattle because up until a couple weeks ago you know, with them picking up some big name free agents. Obviously, the last one, like you said, was was Adams. Nobody was really – everybody was, you know, San Francisco and New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Those were the three teams. And I'm yeah. thinking, what the heck is everybody leaving Seattle out for? Yeah. Didn't they see the trouble that 
you know, they gave San Francisco, they always give San Francisco a run for their money. But as a Niners fan, nothing terrorizes me more than being up in a game against uh, Seattle and having Russell Wilson with the ball in his hands with two minutes to go. That to me is, is like, is like Jordan, uh, you know, <laughs> coming down and, and, and setting you up for a fadeaway because he is just the, the thing with that. I think that makes him so deadly is that when he scrambles, he doesn't scramble to run, man. He scrambles to make plays with his arm, yeah. and nine out of ten times, that's what he does. But, yeah, Seattle, they they are making a lot of noise. You talked about KC, and I'm looking at right now an update. Sammy Watkins just agreed to a pay cut to stay with them. Um, they restructured his contract. They got pretty much everybody coming back, so he took less money to stay with the Chiefs. Um, and I, I'm glad you talked about Buffalo because – um, everybody knows how they did last year in the playoffs, went over to Houston, put up a good fight, but it just wasn't enough. You know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, you know, had his magic happen. But, yeah, that defense is tough, and if that quarterback can continue to mature, okay, yeah. all right. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit more. What about a conference championship for each uh, – for each for – each, uh, for the NFC and the AFC? How about that? Ooh, tough, right? Uh, I think the top two seeds in AFC again be KC in Baltimore, and and if if Baltimore can get Lamar Jackson to a, a I want to say a sixty forty passer to a rushing okay uh, percentage, they can make it to the. In the AFC final, I mean AFC championship. So I say KFC, I mean KC and uh, Baltimore, and then in the NFC, I like. This is a tough one, but I think uh, Dallas finally gets over the hump okay. into the playoffs, gets back to the NFC championship. Them and San Francisco make one of those old-time battles, early 90s. Oh, man. That what, how Seattle is right now to me as a as a San Francisco fan is the same way how the Dallas Cowboys were and the Green, Pack, and the Green Bay Packers were back in the 90s to Niners fans. Yeah. They just – they were so scary, man. I hated going up against those guys, and a lot of times they got the best of the Niners, but that'll be a nice old-school matchup to see it. I would love to see Miami – I'm sorry, not Miami, but my Niners get past Seattle. Something tells me Seattle is – Probably, I, I'm hoping for a San Francisco, um, Seattle NFC Championship game. Uh, that'll be probably the best one that I can think of. But uh, I'm not sleeping on anybody, man. Especially with this COVID stuff, you never know how things are gonna yeah. happen with uh, whoever country. Hopefully, nobody does, man, because that'll be a travesty if, say, you don't see Lamar Jackson in an AFC Championship game because he got COVID nineteen. Oh, that would yeah. just that. Uh, uh-uh. kill. That's 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 the killer right there. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, let me ask you something. So as a safety, you played safety, damn good defender for the hometown team, the Miami Hurricanes. As a safety, I know, I'm pretty sure you watch games from the lens of someone, you know, that's played the position. Can you tell me what is it that makes KC and that Pat Mahomes offense so hard to defend? Like I said, I'm a Niners fan. I'm still feeling some kind of way about February and the last seven minutes that happened in that Super Bowl because San Francisco pretty much had them bottled up. But when you watch them, what do you see as a former safety? They have no weak links. They their their receivers are you know you got Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. It just you, which you're gonna which one you gonna double team? 
because okay. I yeah. seen what Sammy Watkins went off. What that was the first playoff game. He went off like a hundred and some yards. Yep. And and Tyreek Hill had had didn't even have a big game. And then you got the tight end and and then their running back. He just it's just a very very solid player and can catch the ball out of the backfield. So yeah. and then Pat Mahomes he he makes plays with his feet and he just extends plays. So it, it's hard for a def, defensive back to stay attached for nine to ten seconds doing a play right. because they he's scrambling around and made extra room and made extra time to get the ball off. And it's it's just a it's a well oiled machine. You, they're not that they're not the they don't have the all all world uh offensive line. It's just they're just solid. Right. No, nah, that um when you have a quarterback like Mahomes who a lot of people consider to be obviously not the greatest quarterback in, in NFL history because there's a long way from achieving that. But a lot of people are already saying that he's the most talented, physically talented quarterback that they have ever seen. So when you have that, you know, somebody that touches the ball every single play, you can kind of mask a lot of deficiencies that you have. I'm not ca- calling OKC's offensive line uh, like their Achilles heel, but if yeah. there was – a low yeah. point in that offense, that would probably be the, 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 the unit that you point to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at their stats right now. And I mean, last, last year in 16 games, six, just over 6,000 yards of offense, 380 yards uh, a game total. They averaged 280 in the air, 93 on the ground, and 28 points a game. That's just. I guess that's his recipe to the Super Bowl, man. But um, to keep that going, um, tell me a rookie that you're most interested in following. Not not one that you necessarily think is going to make the most impact. If that's the case, then fine. But just give me one that you're keeping your eyes on for whatever reason, offense or defense. Uh, I go back to my hometown team, Dallas Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb, because yeah. you have already on the team, you have Amari Cooper in, in – uh, and Michael Gallup. So it's, it's you have two big time receivers who are, you know, of course Cooper is all world, Mr. Everything, Mr. NFL. Right. Uh and then you have Gallup who's a who's a, who's going to, to his third year and becoming one of the best uh receivers in the NFC. So now you add CD Lamb into that mix. Now you got to see where his touches come from cuz you still have to get the ball to you know Zeke and then it's it's, it's just a lot before he can, before he really touches the ball, or yeah. before he's the number one target. They so definitely right, have a lot of. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's it's just uh, kind of puzzling how how that's gonna come all come into play. I know. Well, I guess with the the, the league going to a passing league, I guess you can you can see where his touches can come from. But right. it's just I just want to see how to get him the ball. Let's talk about Antonio Brown, man, because, uh, again, Seattle, as a Niners fan, I'm thinking, what the hell? I mean, can you guys stop already with the, with you know, they just seem to be going after everybody. Seattle and Baltimore have been the teams in the news that are likely landing spots for him. He's already been, uh, it's already came out or come out that he will serve an eight-game suspension to start the season. So, as someone that has probably dealt with, you know, people that, can bring locker room issues into a, a locker room and maybe not so good for chemistry from a player standpoint, is he worth the risk? For the vet minimum? Yes. <laughs> you, can, you can't, you can't give him the money that New 
Well, I mean, New England and that Oakland gave him and expect him to be your, your uh, you know, quiet guy in the locker room because he, he's already getting – he was he was getting paid, oh, what, $16 million from the – no, $20 million from Oakland before they yeah. cut him. And then yeah. New Orleans – I mean, New England owed him, what, $10 million or mm-hmm. something like that? Yep. It, it, you, you can't invest that much into a guy who you're not expecting to be there. And he's suspended for the – first eight games this right. year so it's not like you can have them for the first eight and it's it's, it's just for the vet minimum I, I hey he's always probably one of the best receivers in the last 20 years to ever play the game right so but if I can invest a vet minimum into him maybe you know 1.5 maybe two with you know with incentives added in and to make it two yeah that's no problem I thought it at him okay now I mean because I'm a big believer in chemistry and that's like a huge thing to me. So um, at what point do you say, is he, is he one of those players that, okay, he's already coming with a couple strikes. Is he a one strike guy or does he get full three strikes on a team, even with a minimum contract? Like, you know, because he's a great player, but how much, especially let's, let's take Seattle, for example, a team that pretty much has it all. Mm-hmm. Do you put up with his BS for however long just to get that ring? Or is it like, you know what, we got what we need. He can make us better, but we're not going to put up with his bull crap. One strike and he's out. Uh, one strike and he's gone. Because you, you, you already, he showed the track record of not being able to, you know, be a guy who, uh, I guess, has uh, good attitude, great positive right. attitude while he's in the locker room. So, you know, one strike for me is enough. They Oakland gave him more. 20 strikes, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, they did. They the, did. Foot, the foot issue, the the helmet issue, the the not showing up issue. It's, it it one strike. That's it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I I'm following that man, and I'm hoping because Pete Carroll, he's somebody that's known to take gambles on guys. We've seen it, Josh Gordon, um, you know, a whole bunch of other names, and he doesn't mind taking that on. Uh, kind of like Bill Belichick taking on guys, you know, with the history of Randy Moss, obviously Antonio Brown. And, um, but we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm hoping that he gets a chance because I'm believing, well, this won't be his second chance. <laughs> It'll be kind of like his 22nd chance, but we'll see, man. Not for the, not for the damn Seahawks because I'm terrified of them. Like I said, I'm a Niners fan and just, it can't get any worse, but um, we're going to keep this conversation going on the other side of the break. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in uh, to the Michael McCoy show. Sirius XM channel 145 on Slam Radio. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives. 
but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tuanega Manuel Apola too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for keeping it locked right here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. I'm your host, Mike McCoy on the Mike McCoy, Mike McCoy Show, and I'm here with special guest LaVon Ponder. We're just uh, chopping it up, talking some sports, why not? And uh, I wanted to finish talking about uh, the NFL before we talk about some NBA bubble basketball, really quick, that's going on in Orlando. But, uh, LaVon, I wanted to ask you really quick, man, in terms of – because there's a bunch of storylines coming into the 2020 season. COVID, we just talked about um, Antonio Brown, uh, what the KC Chiefs are going to be doing as defending champs. There's a lot. What Seattle's doing uh, in the offseason in terms of all these pickups. If you had to pick an intriguing storyline that catches your attention the most heading into the, the season – which one is it? Because for me, it's a pissed off Cam Newton trying to prove everybody wrong. What about for you? It's mine is who can overcome the, the hurdles that COVID brings. Yeah. Like who we, we know when you, you get COVID, you it's 14 days. Yeah. So that's two weeks of a season. Yeah. So who can overcome those hurdles? And you know, what if you got two big games that we those, those two weeks that uh you are out of, like we said earlier, a Lamar Jackson's not playing or uh, a Pat Holmes is not playing because they right. have COVID. Can you overcome that, those hurdles? You're right, man. You're right because uh, it, it would just be a trap. It's kind of like it kind of reminds me of last year how when um, the Raptors, you got to give them credit for doing what they did because when you have when you face a superstar team with so many injuries, you better win that game or series. But that's what they did. We saw the JV version of the Golden State Warriors in those playoffs. You had a hobbled yeah. uh, KD, ended up going out. Then then Clay braces uh, – I'm sorry, tears his ACL. Uh, I think Iggy wasn't full-time. And, um, you know, whatever. Like I said, they did what they had to do. But that's a perfect way to segue into our next segment. And, um, ladies and gentlemen, the finalists were announced for the NBA awards. We're talking the top three for the MVP, most improved, sixth man, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, and coach of the year with LaVon Ponder. We're going to see what he thinks about all of those. Thanks for tuning in to uh, the Michael McCoy show. So first things first, top three, well, the finalists for the MVP, I think everybody already had an idea who they were going to be. 
But if LeVon Ponder had to narrow down and the season ended right now between Giannis, Harden, LeBron, who's who, who's LeVon giving that MVP trophy to? Uh, Giannis. Giannis. Okay. He's, he's playing with the – he's playing with not – he okay, he's playing with an all-star and, you know, Chris Middleton, but not a superstar like what LeBron has in – in eighty, and right. what uh, you know, James Harden has in uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, so I have to give it to Giannis. And his team is number one in the East, with not with playing with with playing without another superstar. Agreed, agreed. Your good point with um, his support and cast, because not that it's a bad one, but like you said, he's not playing with uh, LeBron James is probably playing with a guy that's a top five player in the NBA. You can argue that Harden is doing the same thing, playing with a top five or at least top ten player in um, in Westbrook, a guy that averaged a triple-double for three consecutive seasons. I mean, that's video game numbers. That doesn't even make sense. But Giannis, man, mm-hmm. hey, the thing about Giannis that I like, he's playing as if there was no break in NBA basketball. He literally picked up right where he left off from, and he's being a leader, man. I like his game a lot because – his jumper, although it's not super-duper consistent, it has improved. The consistency of his jumper has improved. I see people trying to lay off of him, and he's kind of making them pay. So I hope that continues, mm-hmm. especially in the seven-game series in the East. Um, we'll talk about KD later, but KD has the Bucks coming out of the East and playing the Clippers in an NBA Finals. But let's move on, let's move on to the most improved. You got Bam Adebayo, who is just Mr. Do-It-All for the Miami Heat. Luka Doncic for the Mavs and Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, a guy that I feel that the Lakers gave up a little bit too soon on, but they kind of had to make that trade to get AD. Um, who's your most improved out of those three? Uh, my most improved is Bam, but I like Luka because he's a superstar. But yeah. my most improved is Bam. Bam is, I remember I seen a tweet where, he, uh, where him and D-Wade was going back and forth. Well, he told D-Wayne, watch, I have it 16, 10, and 5. And D-Wayne was like, nah, he may be 13, 8, and, you know, 3. Yeah. But Bam is averaging 16, 10, and 5. Yeah. I saw that That's tweet, and I was like, wow. Talk about keeping your end <laughs> up with a bargain. He called it out, you know, numbers for stat. You know, that's exact. I hope that Wade didn't lay no bet down and put no money down because he damn sure <laughs> going to have to pay up on that. But lose it. Yeah, yeah. Bam is – I mean, how can you not root for the guy? This is a guy that when he was drafted, I think almost everybody said, who? I know yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. And um, it's just this. I, I hate this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm a, I'm a regular season college basketball guy. I watch okay. regular season college basketball. So I saw Bam out of bio. He was one of those guys, you know, he was just a hustler, man. He was, just, you know, up there. He was just a hustler. And, and, and I just knew you know, certain guys you can tell when they get to the NBA, it's going to be he's going to have an NBA game like. College game doesn't wouldn't doesn't fit a lot of people, but right. they can translate the game to the NBA. He was one of those guys, I thought. Okay. Well, good eye. Good eye. I'm glad we're talking hoops, and you got an eye for that because we got a lot more to cover. Um, but, yeah, I, I hate that category, and I'm going to tell you why. There's a lot of people, obviously, that can vouch for most improved, but I what I hate about it this year is that Luka is on there. To me, Luka is the most skilled and most yeah. talented player in the NBA, in the entire league. You see that passing? 
Did you see that pass the other night between the legs? I to, did. <laughs> I did. Listen, when you can make what is it a, a half court shot or a full court shot, whatever he did when they were practicing when they first got to the bubble, I think he yeah. he kicked it like like a soccer yeah. ball. He kicked it into the. That's come on, man. That that that's, that that dude can do it all. He's a shooter. That step back is probably the step back, the best step back in the league. Um, can yeah. get to the hole, can shoot, willing passer, and he's not a terrible defender. I don't care what anybody says, he's not a terrible defender. No, no, and the thing is, terrible. he's only gonna get better. That's the scary part. <laughs> That's the uh, scary part, man. That's but, scary. um, yeah, Bam, I can see him winning that. I can see him winning. It's gonna be between he and Luca. Well, Brandon Ingram can make a case for that too. And I, I, like I said, I think the Lakers gave up on him a little too early, but they had to do what they had to do yeah. to get AD. I probably would have made that trade too. Six yeah. men of the year, you got two Los Angeles Clippers in the mix, uh, in Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams. Probably going to take votes away from each other. And then you got Darren, Dennis yeah. Schroeder from OKC. I have to admit, I haven't seen much of either of these teams. But if I had to take a guess, I'm going to take the guy that's coming off the bench and scoring points, which is Lou Williams. I, no, I, I don't take Lou Williams. I take Dennis Schroeder just because he's on a team, OKC, who wasn't even picked to be in the playoffs. No, they weren't. Good point. They were Great point. picked to have a a a lottery pick and probably top five pick because they mm -hmm. lost two superstars in you know Paul George and uh Russell Westbrook but they had to be a six man on the team that's going to the playoffs that wasn't originally set to be in the playoffs by all of the national riders that's amazing no you're right you're right he's obviously taking notes from one of the best to ever do it in Chris Paul which by the way I consider even still now, I, I, there's a difference because when I say this to people, they kind of go crazy. But in terms of being a pure point guard in the NBA, not the best point guard, not the best scoring point guard in the NBA, in the NBA but I mean a true point guard, a guy that's going to come, set up his guys, set up the offense, a pass-first guy, but a guy that you can trust to make an open shot if you need it. Mm -hmm. To me, that's Chris Paul. To me, he's yeah. the best true point guard in the NBA even still. And uh, just a guy that's been around the block can defend his ass off and can score. But I mean, they, yeah. they got above, they got what forty plus wins, and like you said, nobody was expecting that. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Uh, rookie of the year is interesting because you got John Morant, who's been playing the whole season and putting up buckets. Kendrick yeah. Nunn of the Miami Heat. That's two Heat players on this list, by the way. And obviously Zion Williams. So. The thing with Zion is I'm wondering if it's going to make people mad if he comes out of nowhere and wins it because obviously he didn't play a full season and he's not even going to play an 82-game season because the season's cut back due to COVID. Do you think it's fair if he mm -hmm. wins it? And who's your rookie of the year? I think Zion wins it just because of excitement. He just has exciting plays. Everybody was that, – that night when, he, when they premiered, his, his, his game was on ESPN when, they, when he came back and everybody was tuned in to that game. Game. And it's just like everybody was waiting for that excitement from Zion Williams. And it's just like it's just like go back to the, the most improved player. Like Bam may be the most improved player, but Luca may win it just because he's the most exciting player in the category. Right. right. That's a good point, man. Sometimes it's it's like a it's like a popularity contest, kind of like making an all-star yeah. game. And um, yeah. unfortunately that's how it is. But we'll see. We'll see. Just gotta watch and wait and see. Defensive Player of the Year. Can Giannis win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? The other two guys on the list is AD and Rudy Gobert. Who do you got? I think Rudy Gobert wins it just because he is a dominant force in, inside the paint. 
I mean, I mean a dominant force. He's like he's yeah. blocking everything. It's Utah can leak out and run the floor just because they know he's going to get the rebound, the defensive mm-hmm. rebound. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I give it to Rudy Gobert. He, he's just a force down there. And and I and the way he plays against uh Denver and uh Jokic is he he has better numbers than Jokic when they play against each other. Jokic is probably one of the best centers in the league, right? Now. Right, right. That's a good point, man. I'm 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 sitting here wondering. I don't think it's ever happened. So if it does, it will be a first. But I don't think anybody's ever won MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season. If that's the case, then I'm, wow. Yeah, I, I don't think, think so. Mike might have did it one year. I think Michael Jordan might have did it one year. Probably I'm did. I'm gonna have to. Do, I, I, I should have looked at one year. That was it. That was the last person I think did. It. Okay. That was like in eighty. Yeah. Eighty nine or something like that. I think Mike right. did it. But that's the last. Person. That that that'll be insane, man. If he did, because if you know, you put yourself in the sense with you know Mike, then you know that's just a big deal. But coach of the year, man. And you know, there's a couple coaches I think that deserve to be finalists, but you can only pick three. Budenholzer of the Bucks, Billy Donovan, OKC, and Nick Nurse of Toronto. If if there was an award and that I would probably give it a tie to, it would be this one because I love what Billy's doing doing at OKC. We already talked about um, how they wouldn't have any expectations, okay? So I credit their success this year to Billy Donovan and Chris Paul, but Nick Nurse is also shutting people up, including me, because I didn't have Toronto – Looking as good as they did, especially with losing Kawhi. So, who do you got? Uh, I like Billy Donovan to win it, just man, because he he's playing with without a superstar. We, we well, we call Chris Paul. He's a he's the best point guard to play, but he's not a superstar as in averaging thirty two points a game and you know doing the Giannis and LeBron numbers. But for Billy Donovan to have his team in the playoffs, losing two superstars, that's that's just an amazing coaching job right there. It is. No, it really is. It really is. And I just – it's it's crazy because he started his OKC career with a little bit of trouble. People were kind of wondering if he maybe jump, made the jump to the NBA and, you know, he didn't belong. But I'm glad to see that he's been making a name for himself and he hasn't been bouncing around the league or, you know, fired from his, uh, his start at OKC. So – uh, we're actually, you know what? We're going to go ahead and take another break. We'll be right back. We're going to go ahead and continue this conversation. God, I still got a couple more questions to ask Devon. And then I wanted to ask him a little bit about, um, you know, this COVID and how it's affecting sports. So just keep it locked right here. We appreciate you tuning in to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Gronk, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. 
He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Comes down to I'm going to make an apologist image for you, bro, because it, everything that I say, you say, oh, but LeBron had to do this, and if he, if he had to jump over a car. Isn't LeBron the king? And again, LeBron jump over the Empire State Building? He probably could, but why probably, would he do but it? But why doesn't he jump over the Empire State Building to win a slam dunk contest? To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around with us throughout that last break. Us being LaVon Ponder and I, you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slab Radio. We're just talking some NBA ball, talked about some NFL football, and we're going to continue the NBA talk. We were talking about, you know, the uh, the finalists for the awards, uh, MVP, Most Improved, Sixth Man, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year. And um, I had, had a couple things that I wanted to ask LeVon because he's a basketball hit, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, knows his stuff. So um, I don't know if you heard in the news a couple of days ago, LeVon, that KD predicted the Clips beating the Bucks in this series. I don't know if he gave a 4-2 or a 4-3 or a sweep, but he, he, he even said, he's like, man, I hate doing this. I hate, you know, predicting stuff like that. But he had the Clips coming out of the West over the Lakers and then – Obviously, the Bucks coming out of the East. How'd you feel about his prediction? Uh, maybe pretty spot on, man. You got a you got a uh, a Clippers team who can, you know, throw enough bodies at anybody. They, you can throw enough bodies at LeBron. You got you know Paul, Paul you have uh, Kawhi, you have uh, the one the, the twins. They it's just you just throw a lot of bodies at them. That can carry over to an NBA Finals where you can throw a lot of bodies at Giannis. Right. And, you know, that's what, 18 fouls right there you can use up. Not saying that they will foul out, but that's a lot of fouls you can use on one guy. You sound like a coach, man. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a coach. Did you hoop back in the day? I know you didn't hoop at yeah, UM, man, I, but. Nah, actually, um, uh, coming out of high school, I had an offer to play ball at uh, Clemson and then NC State and uh, I had a only basketball scholarship, uh, basketball only scholarship for Elon to play at Elon. So wow, yeah, man, I was I was pretty good hooping back in my day, man. I came when I came out of high school, well, my junior year in high school, I was MVP of state state final. 
We Look scored forty nine points. I had twenty five. So it's I had no I was, idea. I was a basketball head. Okay, yeah. what position did you play? Uh, I was I was shooting guard, man. Uh, actually, uh, you know, when I was at Miami, you know, Ryan Moore was there. Ryan Moore was right. uh, All American basketball player. They was like, man, why you, why you, why you and Ryan ain't just play basketball? Y'all good at basketball. I'm like, man, but hey, you when you only grow to be six foot, look kind of hoop dreams go away. I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, okay, I had no idea about your basketball background. Had a couple ACC offers, so yeah, we got a true hooper. We got a true athlete, and yeah, I do remember Ryan Moore. That boy, all six five of them. That 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 was an athlete right there. I remember him. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that receiving core. Wow, that was just it's bringing back memories. Him, Akeem, Jala. Wow, uh-huh. I, I'm just taking yeah. it back. So okay, all right. I was uh-huh. just wondering because, like I said, you sound yeah. like a coach. This man has to have some basketball background. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Levon Ponder, the basketball player. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to what KD was saying, I, I hear you, man. Because the clips, they're just deep. They're so deep and then of course doc has been there done that i love the 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 perimeter defending that they have between somebody that's going to get under your skin and just make you mm-hmm. want to punch them basically pat beverly you got length between, yeah you got length between um Kawhi and paul george and then montrez hell's gonna come off the bench do his thing yeah. i don't know they just that's that's a team that to me doesn't have any ego one, one of their one well, in there, uh, you know, hitting gems is Jermichael Green. He can defend. He can shoot. It's, oh, yeah. it's a gym that they have that he that is that's even been talking talking about a lot. And that's You're him and Jermichael right. Green, the partner. But he's overlooked, overshadowed because you you know you got two superstars and you know a great bench, two great bench players. But yeah, that's 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 one hell of a point. That's one hell of a point. And to me, I've been saying it for a long time. Um, I think one of the keys to winning, especially in this NBA where there's a bunch of it's like positionless basketball, which coach Eric yeah. Spolster has kind of made a thing. You got to have guys that can do not necessarily everything, but a lot of things. You got to have interchangeable parts. And the best example I can think of is a lot of, is, is a team that a lot of people consider to be one of the best of all time. And, you know, the Golden State Warriors, you got a guy like Clay Thompson who can defend three and four positions, but he is a marksman as well. Um, yeah. uh, when when Sean Livingston was on there, he, to me, was an unsung piece on that team because how many six, mm. seven, six, eight point guards do you see that still post up on offense? You don't see that. Yeah. Um, he just created a lot of mismatches, man. Obviously, they're shooting Draymond. Uh, and another piece that I liked, you know, when they won their first championship was David Lee. These are all guys, interchangeable parts that can, you can switch defensively with those guys. You don't have to fight. For, you can, you can switch. And, you know, the, the, the Clippers have that. They really do. And yeah. I know the Lakers is, is, is a popular pick for a lot of people and I get it, but I, I got the Clips. Yeah. I like, I like the Clippers too. I, 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 I had my, predictions of the Lakers, you know, Lakers and Bucks, but the way the Clippers just play the Lakers, the Lakers seem like they're, they're, they don't, they can't figure out the Clippers. It's, it's just crazy. Like they can't just like figure out like what defense they're going to throw at them, how they're going to defend them. It's, it's, it's crazy. They can't figure yeah. it out. And if there's anybody that you want going up against uh, LeBron James head to head in the final, it's you know, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's Kawhi. That's that's Kawhi. that's how I see it. But um, all right, all right. Another thing that I wanted to bring up and ask you, keeping it NBA related, was about uh, about the dubs, man. Because you know we talked about it, and it, it, it's funny because I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan, so I have mm-hmm. I, I've been watching basketball completely as a fan the past couple of years because my Bulls they don't even it's just ridiculous how they don't they play like they don't even belong in the league right now so everything is an unbiased view for me from teams that have made the playoffs and so last year in the NBA final I was really upset to see how things went down uh with the dubs because like I said they were fielding a team that it was their JV squad so I think people are forgetting about them man because when they come back I think they're just going to I think that people think they're going to be a shell of themselves. If Clay is healthy, if Steph is healthy, Dre's healthy, that was the team. That was those three have been there from the beginning, starting it off. Then they're probably going to have a top five, top ten pick. What do you see them as when they come back healthy? Do you think they're going to be a player and uh, a contender? Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, you got two of the best shooters in the NBA ever with Clay and Steph. Is you know. Splash Brothers. Then you have Draymond coming back, who's a physical guy who can, you know, get on the people's skin. Then you had they picked up um name from uh from Minnesota. Uh oh Wiggins, yeah. Wiggins. They picked up Wiggins and he's a defensive player, a guy who can uh play. And then I what I think they can do is in the draft, if you can get up high enough and pick up uh this the kid out of uh Memphis, uh who uh, James, Wiseman. I can't forget his name. Wiseman. James Wiseman. You just pick him up as a center for that team who can, you know, a big guy who can run the floor and do everything. Uh, they will be back in the picture faster than anybody ever. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad we agree about that, man, because I'm just thinking, like, did, did anybody forget about the best shooting tandem that anybody has ever seen? Hello. I mean, this they, they started this whole shift of how basketball is played now. Everybody's shooting threes and everything, so. That's crazy, they man. Changed, they made Houston. They made Houston change how they, how they recruit. I mean, nope. not how they recruit, <laughs> but how they, uh, you know, how they um, sign players. Houston they just did. went. They have everybody in their starting lineup. They did. They don't have anybody over six eight. You get rid of a guy. Um, what's his name? The center that they traded away. Um, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, but we 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 know who we, you know who we're. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just get rid of a, a rim protector, which is nuts. Yeah. And I wasn't a fan of that because in, in in my eyes, yeah, the NBA has changed a lot. But something that will never go away, especially in the playoffs, you win with three things. You win with half-court offense, defense, and yeah. rebounding. And rebound. uh, they may not have you two can't of them. rebound the ball. Just think about how many extra shots the dubs were getting back in 2018, 2017 playoffs, just on extra offensive rebounds because Draymond was tapping something out exactly. or KD was tapping another ball out. It's, 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 it's just ridiculous. If of you can't course. rebound on the defensive end. You... I hear you, man. No, I hear you. You're, pre- you're preaching to the choir because, yes, all this new age NBA stuff, it's fun to watch. I get it. But the yeah, fundamentals it's, it's will fun. never go away. Fundamentals no. will never go away. And if you have it's somebody not, that is I, fundamental, um, it, it'll beat a lot of the highlight plays because nobody practices that anymore. Nope. Nobody does. It's, it's, I, always, it's, I always tell everybody, football and basketball, they're not very high-skilled games. 
if you know how to dribble with your right hand and shoot the ball, you can play in the NBA. <laughs> it's just not as simple as that, but that's no, you know, break it down into simple terms. It's not a high skill game. Not like golf where you have to take a swing. If you don't swing right, your ball goes off to the right or your go ball goes off to the left. It's it's not, you know, not high skill like that. Oh man, don't ask me about golf because I like I said, we were talking off air before, you know. Uh, before recording on here, and uh, I just I, you you take me to Top Golf. I'm not good for anything. I will make your <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I wanted to ask you, man, just really loosely: is is LeBron James still the best player in the NBA? Uh, him and Giannis are tied right now because Giannis is he's a guy who can dominate a whole game. I just watched the game. He was five. He had five fouls. He had five mm-hmm. fouls mm-hmm. and. He came down the court twice, did two. He came down the court one time, spent, dumped. Came down the court the next possession, spent, and dunked again. It's like, how can you let a guy who has five fouls go right to the lane without nobody or no extra help? Because he has 10-foot retractable arms. That's why. (laughs) That dude, a friend of mine made a really, really, really good comparison. Um, Giannis or Giannis Antetokounmpo is to the paint what Steph Curry is to three-point shooting. If you get that boy even eight feet away from the basket, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. You can't guard him. I remember one play, he took three dribbles from full court, three dribbles, and laid the ball I said, what? I had to look at, I looked at the play like four or five times. <laughs> Three dribbles, full court, and laid the ball in. I was, it's, it's, that's impossible. We would do, in high school, we would do layup drills where we had, you know, it was a time drill going half full court. It was like eight, nine dribbles for everybody. But three dribbles is ridiculous. That's, that's how fair, much man. ground he covers when he's, when he's dribbling the ball. That's it's, not it's, fair, man. It's not fair. He 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 literally is a creative player. That's the the seven footer that you would make an NBA live that could shoot, that could yeah. dribble, that could dunk, that could jump. That's him. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. him. Uh, switching gears, man. We're gonna talk about some college football, and it's kind of been a roller coaster ride for college football fans because when COVID came out, I'm thinking, man, we're not gonna have football. Then you know, a couple of weeks, couple of months go by, things starting to look better. We're having camps, and I'm thinking, okay, schedules are released. We're going to have some football. All of a sudden, it's like you turn the corner, you know, sources. I'm reading this article right now on ESPN.com. Power five conferences talking about no fall football. And in the very first paragraph reads as follows. Commissioners of the power five conferences held an emergency meeting on Sunday as there is growing concern among college athletics officials that the upcoming football season and other fall sports can't be played because of the coronavirus pandemic. Talk to me, LeVon. Tell me how, what to think of all of this, because it's just, uh, I, I personally don't think that football should be played. It's too much of a health risk, but then you got money involved too. Yeah, it, see, it, it's just like in the industry, losing losing billion dollars will cripple the industry, but losing billion dollars plus being on top getting sued for another billion dollars will definitely cripple the industry so they can't it you know getting all those lawsuits handed against you is it's 
very, very, very tough for them to, to make a decision on to play or not to play. And, and with college football, there's not a bubble like how the NBA has right, right now or right. that the NFL can provide for their players if they wanted to. Right. Uh, you got college kids who are going, you know, they go from practice to the dorm room and they ain't nobody there to, to not let them go out of the dorm room. They going out of the dorm room. So it's, it's true. You, man. You, not, you can't contain the, the outbreak of COVID. No. Uh, college, college kids. It's hard to tell adults to put on a mask. It's hard to tell adults to maintain <laughs> social distancing. And so, you know, you can't, you know, do that to a bunch of, you know, college teenagers aged 18 to 22 to say, it's just going to be hard, man. It's going to take a lot of self-discipline. It maybe yeah, can it, happen, but. But you still, you, then you have all the, you're a college. You're an 18-year-old kid. You're going to college. You have, you know, you, 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 you're you single or whatever. You have a girlfriend back at home, but she's not there in college with you. You got, hey, this pretty girl here on college. Hey, man, hey. <laughs> you don't know what she, who she's been around that had COVID. So now you got COVID because you mess with her. It's, yeah. it's just a lot of variables that can't be, you know, handled. Um, a Big Ten official confirmed to ESPN that no official vote took place. But um, one athletic director from the Power Five said, quote, it doesn't look good. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence already came out and said that they want to play. He wants to play. Guys want to play. But there's a point here that I saw in the article that said here, um, oh, yeah, the, the MAC, the Mid-American Conference, came, became the first, you know, FBS league to cancel fall sports, including football. And so all it takes is one. You know, that's normally because yeah. that, that's kind of how it happened with the beginning of COVID. It just took one league to do it. The NBA was the first, and then they was kind of like a domino effect because that's just the way it is. So I know yeah. the MAC is the MAC. They're not Power Five, but definitely if the yeah. Big Ten says, okay, we're not doing football, you're not going to have football. The, the other four conferences are not going to say, okay, you sit this one out, we'll play. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, man. You, just, you can't control that variable of who, who they're around, who your, the players are around. If, if you get an outbreak on a team, that cripples the whole team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see right. outbreaks of the flu or, you know, a flu or a stomach bug on a team that's caused, you know, the whole team to be down for a, a week of practice. And it's, it's crazy. That's horrible, man. I just, <clears throat> I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know what it's going to take uh, for football to be played. Maybe it's a waiting game. Maybe it's not. But Things will be very different in the fall if we can't have football around for Thanksgiving, uh, basketball around for the fall on Christmas Day, you know, the Super Bowl in February. And, you know, everybody's talking about the spring. Okay, but I don't know how much different it'll be. I don't know if, if this thing will yeah. be gone, but it, it just sucks. It's changing the world of sports as we know it. It's changing the world outside yeah. of sports as we know it. And people like me just got to wait and, and see what else we can talk about, man. But talk about it. Yeah. LeVon, man, um, I appreciate your time, man. I learned something new about you today. I didn't know that you uh, were a badass on the court. <laughs> that was my first love. I tell everybody, that was my first love. I went into high school, wanted to only play basketball, but I was skilled enough to play football and started my freshman year, and that's what it took off from. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna see if I can find some some clips uh, on the internet and see what I missed out because I, I normally know who the two sport athletes are. Not that you play two sports at UN, but 
I kind of know, and I had no idea about this one, but thanks for imparting some some wisdom on me, man. Um, thanks again for your time. I hope we can do this again some other time and continue to talk sports oh, because man. there's nothing better than talking sports to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Man, it's a pleasure, man. It was a pleasure being on with you. All right, man. So we'll do this again next time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, stick around with me throughout this next break. I'll be back. The Michael McCoy Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 180 over 111 and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Oh, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.